Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. And in this episode, we're gonna go through three valuable insights from The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. This book is about how to turn a startup idea into a sustainable business. It's a detailed approach that can help you build the right product or the right service, the one that customers ultimately want and are willing to pay for, all with minimal wasted time or effort. So it's not just about building something faster, it's about giving yourself the best opportunity to turn your idea into a functional and growing business. So whether you're an entrepreneur or product manager or founder or anybody else interested in turning an idea into a successful business, I recommend that you consider picking up a copy of The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. With that said, let's dive into my three favorite insights, beginning with insight number one. Start by identifying your biggest assumptions. There are two very common mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they build a brand new business. Mistake number one is to come in with an overly detailed plan, to come in with very clear expectations in terms of what you're gonna build, who you're building it for, what marketing channels you're gonna use to grow the business, how sales are gonna take off over time, how you're gonna be able to expand your team, and on and on. And the problem, of course, with this kind of approach is that unlike an established business where you have historical data and you can make accurate predictions about the future, with a startup, there are all kinds of assumptions and huge areas of uncertainty. This is the nature of a startup. And so this kind of plan simply doesn't work because it has far too many assumptions. Now, the second mistake that many entrepreneurs make after realizing the issue with this is that they take a just do it approach. They just jump into the business, they build a product, they see how it goes, they don't really have any clear plan. And the issue with this approach is that it's on the other end, the other extreme end of the scale in that it's very difficult to measure progress, it's highly inefficient, there's no clear way to know if you're moving forward or if you're moving backward, and invariably, there's gonna be a lot of waste throughout the process. So what the book recommends is that if we wanna make real progress, we must get clear about the underlying assumptions that we are making with the startup plan. So right out of the gate, we wanna get very clear on what assumptions are we making, how can we clearly define those assumptions so that we can begin to test them. So for example, the two biggest assumptions mentioned in the book, number one, the value assumption, and number two, the growth assumption. So the value assumption is that we assume what it is that we plan to build is gonna be valued by our customers. The product, the service, whatever it is that we're aiming to create, we have to, right off the beginning, assume that what we have planned is gonna work. This is a big assumption, but it's one that we wanna get very clear on. The second is the growth assumption. How we're going to attract more customers to the business over time in a profitable way, where we're not spending more money on something like advertising to acquire the customer, then of course we're able to earn from that customer. So those are the two biggest assumptions. And what we wanna do is we wanna take each of these assumptions and convert them into testable hypotheses. So for example, the value hypothesis, how you predict customers will value the product or service and the growth hypothesis, how you will attract customers in a cost-effective way. So you wanna clearly define your own value and growth 
hypotheses based on exactly what it is that you're trying to do. That way, you can begin to look for simple experiments that you can use to test the assumptions that are underlying your startup. And with that in mind, let's continue on to insight number two. Find inexpensive ways to test your assumptions. The real goal here, as I alluded to earlier, is to ultimately determine the right product or the right service to build, the one that your customers want, the one that they're willing to pay for, and ultimately the one that there's going to be enough customers out there interested in it that you're able to build a sustainable and growing business. So after we clarify our value and growth hypotheses, we need to find inexpensive ways to test and validate them. So the idea here is we wanna conduct a very simple experiment that we can use to test our assumptions as quickly and inexpensively as possible. Now, when it comes to doing this, we wanna think like a scientist. We wanna take the scientific approach. And by that, I mean, you wanna start with a clear prediction. You wanna start with a sense of what you expect will happen when you conduct your experiment. So rather than just simply putting together, let's say some kind of early test and throwing it out there and seeing what happens, you wanna start with the idea of what you think will happen. Get clear on your expectations, then conduct the experiment and find how close or how far off the mark you might be. Now, I'll give you a quick example of this. Zappos, in their early days, before they were the massively successful company that we know today, the company that I think a few years back got bought by Amazon for something like $1.2 billion, well, in their early days, they started with a very simple assumption. And that assumption was that people would be willing to buy shoes online. And today, this might seem obvious, right? But you have to remember the context of when Zappos got started. Shoes are one of those products that maybe for one reason or another, people would not be interested in buying online. Maybe they wanna see what it looks like in person. Maybe they wanna test the size in person. And so before Zappos could really move forward with their idea, they needed to validate the underlying assumptions. And they started with the single question that they really wanted to address. And that is, is there sufficient demand for a superior online shoe buying experience? Very important to note the sufficient word in there. You don't wanna just make sure that someone out there is interested. You wanna make sure that there are enough people interested so that you can continue to build out the business with confidence that you're moving in the right direction. So they conducted a very simple experiment and I love this example. All they did was they went to local shoe stores that they had no direct affiliation with. They asked the stores, can we take pictures of your inventory? We're gonna post it on our website, on our very basic online store. And if someone buys the shoes, we're gonna come back to the store, pay full price, buy the shoes, and we can send it to that customer. So no complex relationships, very unofficial relationship with the store. They simply took pictures of the inventory, created a basic online store, something that could be set up very quickly. They didn't establish warehousing. They didn't create distribution deals. They didn't build out complex logistics or anything like that. All they did was find the simplest, most inexpensive way to test the underlying assumption behind their business to find out whether or not people would be willing and interested in buying shoes online. And then of course, you could use advertising traffic or another growth strategy that you're also testing simultaneously to find out if people would be willing to visit the website, buy the shoes, and whether or not you had potential to build a real business. Now, very, very important to mention here, 
There are many different ways you might go about testing your own idea. This is just one example. The book has many different ideas and approaches when it comes to how you might test a product or even how you might test various growth strategies. But some examples include building out a minimum viable product, building out a physical prototype. A very popular approach is to build out some kind of an explainer video where you simply talk about the product either as if it already exists or as if it's something you plan to build, like a Kickstarter campaign. And then you can put this video on a website, drive paid advertising traffic to the website, and get a sense of whether or not people are interested in what it is that you plan to build. So there are many different approaches, but the underlying message here is that you need to clearly define your hypotheses, both the value and growth hypotheses, and then you need to look for very simple experiments that you can conduct to validate or invalidate what it is that you expect to occur. So with that in mind, let's continue on to insight number three. Apply the build, measure, learn feedback loop. After you conduct your first experiment, you're gonna start to gather both qualitative and quantitative data. So qualitative, as in, do people like the idea? Do people value what it is that you're setting out to build? And quantitative, as in how many people, how many people seem interested in what it is that you plan to build? And are there enough of them that you might be able to build a sustainable and growing business around the idea? Now for startups, as mentioned in the book, this data is more valuable than money at this very early stage because ultimately it's this information that lets you know whether or not you're moving in the right direction. And you're gonna use this data to shape future experiments. They're gonna to continue to allow you to iterate and improve your idea to make sure that it has the best opportunity for success. So core to the book is this idea of the build, measure, learn feedback loop. You build something, you measure the results, and then you learn from the experiment, and then you repeat this process to continue to iterate and improve upon your value and growth hypotheses or anything else in terms of areas of uncertainty or additional assumptions that you might identify as you continue to go through this process. So when it comes to applying this, you really wanna think about it backwards. This is something mentioned in the book. Instead of thinking of it as building something, measuring, and then learning, you wanna start at the end, get really clear on what it is that you want to learn, then figure out a way to measure that kind of learning, and then build something that allows you to kick off this process. So ultimately, you build something, you measure the results, and then you learn from it. But think about it in reverse, because that provides more focus in terms of what it is that you're trying to learn at the end of the day. And every single pass through this loop, you're looking to address two things primarily. Number one, you're looking to reduce uncertainty. And number two, you're providing value to customers. Anything outside of these two goals is largely a waste of time. So if we go back to the Zappos example from earlier, they didn't try to build out their backend systems. They didn't set up warehousing. They didn't set up distribution deals. They were entirely focused on reducing uncertainty and on providing value to customers. They would ship out the shoes to the customer and fulfill that end of the deal, but they weren't overly focused on systemizing everything. It's only once those kinds of things, your backend systems, your logistics, start to become the primary 
constraint in terms of reducing uncertainty or providing value, only then do you want to introduce experiments that begin to address that side of the equation. But at the end of the day, that's really still about these two goals, reducing uncertainty and providing value to customers. So for example, with Zappos, they might have reached a point in which they could clearly see their ability to sell shoes was beginning to scale, and now it might become about providing a better customer experience by being able to ship product out faster and to start building out their basic logistics and basic warehousing and things like that. But again, this all only takes place after they're able to validate the idea, and now it's about furthering their ability to create value for customers. So every single time we pass through the build, measure, learn feedback loop, you're testing new things, you're trying new ideas, and ultimately you're looking for ways to continue to move your idea forward. You're addressing the value hypothesis, you're addressing the growth hypothesis, you're addressing any other areas of uncertainty, and when you come up against something that either doesn't work or leads to additional uncertainty, then you're incorporating that information into further tests so you can continue to refine your idea and give yourself the best opportunity for success. Now, Worth mentioning, this isn't easy. This isn't some kind of a color by numbers system where you just take your initial idea and suddenly you have a functional and growing business. There's a lot more to this. You have to come up with that initial idea. You have to think of practical, workable experiments. You have to execute on all of this. You have to gather the data and you have to make tough decisions. But when we compare this approach with the two mistakes that I mentioned closer to the beginning of this episode, either coming in with an overly detailed plan or just completely winging it, this approach, at the end of the day, it's a much faster way to turn your idea into a sustainable business. Anyway, those are three of my favorite insights from the book. There's so much more. I always mention this, but there's so much more covered in the book that we just simply can't tackle in a format like this. So for example, the book goes through a lot of information about how to know when to persevere or when to change strategy. Many examples of unique growth models that are worth considering if you run into an issue when it comes to your growth strategy. Much more detail about the build, measure, learn feedback loop and just a lot more that we simply can't cover in this format. So whether you're an entrepreneur, founder, or really anybody else interested in taking a startup idea and turning it into a sustainable business, I recommend that you consider picking up a copy of The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. That's it for this episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything that we covered here, let me know down in the comment section below. As always, if you're listening to the audio edition, I'll include a link in the show notes that'll take you over to the video edition so you can participate in the comment section there. If you're interested in more content like this in the future, I recommend that you subscribe or follow my updates on social media. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to connecting with you again in a future episode.